Welcome to Reality Tourists, the podcast all about serious mental illness and psychosis. Each fortnight we will cover a different area of this massive topic. If you have any requests or are interested in being a guest in the future, please do get in touch. Hi everyone, welcome to Reality Tourists. Um, so yeah, we're going to open a can of worms in this episode. Uh, you know, no one can ever say we shy away from the, you know, the controversial and the more hard-hitting topics. Because we're going to talk about education. <laughs> oh, we're going to get so much yelling out from the internet. <laughs> it's a big topic though, isn't it? I mean, it is. and it's sort of controversial. And it's, yeah, you're right. Some people might not like us talking about it, I suppose. But um, the reason I thought it might be interesting to talk about it is purely selfish reasons. Um, I recently had uh, a medication review thing. So it was one of these times when, so I'd, I had an appointment with, with a specialist, but it was one of these things where I'd gone to see my GP when I was depressed. Um, and I think he must have referred me, but then I didn't actually get the appointment for four months. So when I had the appointment, I couldn't actually fully remember why I was seeing him. So it was, you know, like... It, might sound daft but because I've got bipolar disorder so like I'd had I'd come up from the depression basically so when I was seeing this specialist I wasn't depressed anymore so I think I was actually referred initially because I wanted to talk about my meds and you know should I be on a higher dose should I be on something else as well um but the first thing I sort of started talking to him about was my concerns about binge eating as well and things like that so I think he must have been a bit confused because presumably on his notes it said, you know, she wants to talk about depression. And I was less like, and the first thing he sort of said was, you know, well, how are you? And I was just like, oh, yeah, mood's pretty good, like so. But, you know, it, <laughs> four months of, you know, waiting for the appointment. So, anyway, um, meds. Yes. So, I was having a think about the meds I'm on. I'm on one called Valproate, which is a mood stabiliser. And um, I've been on that since I was 24. The um, the decision to go on it at the time, I think I was fairly scared of going on it, but I had a really good doctor who said to me, well, I've got a problem with my heart. It's never going to go away. I'm, I'm, you know, I take this regular med- medication and I just kind of get on with my life. That's sort of been the attitude that I've had towards my mood stabiliser, which is, as I said, Valproate. It's called Depakote, I think is the brand name of it. Um, but it's... um. It's a difficult one because there's lots of side effects. And um, I was looking at the um, the Mind website sort of talking about possible side effects. And the, the overall sort of thing that I think their um, advice is, is you essentially need to try and weigh up, you know, side effects versus benefits. And for me, if I think about it, like the benefits of being on Depakote have been pretty huge. So I haven't had a really severe manic episode since I've been on it. And from from the doctor's points of view, that's a big win. So when I said when I tell them that, they're just like, "Oh, brilliant! You know, fantastic! You know what? Uh, that it kind of annoys me, like how overly cheerful they are. They are, and I suppose maybe I should be cheerful, but like, it's not like it's it's not like my life is perfect. I still get depressed, and um, I've also gained some weight from being on the meds. Um, and this is one of the things like I was talking to this doctor the other day because 
I've still been having patches of depression, not suicidal depression, but still depression. And um, yeah, he said, well, one of the options is you can increase the dose. And but the downside of that would be you probably have more weight gain. And I was just like, well, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh maybe, but I was just like, afterwards, I just thought, well, that's going to make me even more depressed, isn't it? If I gain even more weight, because I'm quite big as it is. So it's just, oh, God, don't know what to do, to be honest. So, yeah, this is quite a selfish chat, I suppose. I just thought, well, oh, you know, like I'm I'm glad that the meds help have helped me, but I'm also, it's just frustrating that they're, this, they have side effects like there's some more minor side effects which I can totally live with like I I have some hair loss but I don't have like bald patches I just have a huge amount like left in the shower and stuff but um funny you know like odd bits and things like that I've noticed and I get very thirsty probably like just I have to watch how much water I'm drinking because um I think I get more thirsty than I would normally but yeah they're um and then I guess some people don't, you know, they decide not to go on meds. Um, but, yeah, I think you have to weigh up the benefits, like the pros and the cons, don't you? But before you've been on them, you don't know what the pros and cons are, do you? So it's 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 just a bit of a minefield. What are your thoughts, Hazel? Oh, I've been on so many different meds. <laughs> like, seriously, so many different meds. Um, I'm currently on Olanzapine. Um, which, you know, that's that's actually done quite well for me. I'm, ever since I've been on olanzapine, I've not had any proper manic episodes. I've had hypomanic, but not proper manic. And although I still hear voices pretty much most weeks, it's like it's turned the volume down. And like, I don't, I, I can ignore it easier, essentially, is the best way of putting it, I guess. And yeah, I'm also on sertraline. I'm the only person I know who's on sertraline and it hasn't triggered a manic episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that's weird. I don't know what's going on with my brain. Because most people I know on Sertraline who um have ex- well, who've tried Sertraline who also got have experienced mania, it triggers mania in them. So I don't know, I'm weird apparently. Because like that's not that's not meant to work. So I got PRNs as well. I don't know if you've got any PRNs. I hate I hate the PRNs. Um they make me feel for anyone who doesn't know what a PRN is, it's basically a medication that you take as and when you need it. So I've got one that I'm meant to take. <clears throat> well, without taking it, basically I can't leave the house. Because if I don't take it and leave the house, I will have a panic attack. And those are not not a nice thing. Uh, yeah, but side effects, yeah. I mean, I've had one. I had a medication a few years. I don't know why they're all such stupid names, because I never remember the names. But I was on one a couple of years ago that quite literally tried to kill my pancreas and that was that was an awful experience it was very painful and the doctors didn't take me seriously straight away because they thought because I've been bulimic for 16 years so whenever I have any sort of discomfort in my abdominal region they just assume it's the bulimia and this wasn't this was my pancreas basically dying (laughs) so that wasn't fun um the olanzapine makes me really tired but doesn't help me sleep which is frustrating as hell and it also gives me really dry eyes and a really dry mouth. So, like you, I'm constantly drinking, and I've got to get, I've got to use eye drops. Like I go through like a, one of those little eye drop doohickeys about once a week. So I'm on, I'm on prescription now because I couldn't afford to keep up with buying <laughs> eye drops. So yeah, the side effects can be 
a very mixed bag. And I know some people who don't get any side effects at all. And to be honest, I massively envy them because I don't think I can come off my meds. If I don't take the olanzapine for a couple of days, I start to lose insight, which isn't isn't great. So, yeah, it's a complicated mess, isn't it? It is. I mean, what what you said in there also about like um, for you, one's been working, and but you know other people, it's tr- triggered manic episodes. Um, but that just shows shows you how it is a kind of trial and error, or it can be like when you're first going on meds. It, you know trying to find the right one because for some people some stuff works and then for other people other stuff works so it's not like I mean it's for different conditions like when you've been diagnosed it's like they'll they've narrowed it down to a few but certain ones will work better better than others um and like I say with the different side effects some people don't really seem to have any and um some people have more and like for me with the the weight gain side effects i never really know if how much of that is the meds and how much of that is the binge eating disorder which i've developed more recently so i don't know i mean i've always had had issues with my weight anyway so i don't know if i kind of had an initial like because it was so long ago i was first put on them i think i had an initial sort of like weight increase i think i may maybe went up one dress size but um the doctor sort of said well you know if you combat it it with sort of diet and exercise he seemed to think that I could basically keep on top of it but um effectively I haven't kept on top of it (laughs) you know it's it's been like a oh it's um so I don't I don't even know if I can blame my weight my weight gain on the meds is what I'm saying you know like the weight gain has been a, a separate thing as well for me anyway because I've just eaten loads of rubbish food you know like it's it, it it's really hard to kind of separate the two and work out which is which is which yeah um and they, t- they told me I could keep on top of it as well. And at the time, I was an ultra runner, and I'm a qualified run coach, and I'm a qualified gym instructor, and I still put on weight. Yeah. <laughs> so who the knows? The thing about the weight is um, I don't think some doctors realise how off-putting that might be for some people. Um, yes. Because, yeah. you know, I guess talking about the subject, I really want to emphasise to anyone who's maybe thinking about going on meds, like, just my experience has been they have been brilliant they have been a lifesaver and I haven't had a manic episode for years so they have made a really drastic difference to my life but you know at the same time I can definitely see how especially say a teenager or or just anyone who was very you know who wants to be a certain size and, and slim and all this sort of stuff because especially on women there's this pressure to be a certain size isn't there um, when a doctor says yeah. to you, you know, like you might get weight gain, I can see how some people might go, well, absolutely not. I'm just not going to take them. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, God, it's, a, it's it, I always kind of think, why, why couldn't they invent some sort of mood stabilizer or medication where you can lose weight as well? That's a side effect. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> there probably is one. I don't know. Yeah. I know a lot of people do lose weight on ADHD, man. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
But I think that's in part because when you've got ADHD, a lot of people with ADHD also have binge eating. And when the ADHD is medicated, they don't binge eat as much because it's oh. like part of the condition. Oh, so right. that's probably not the medication causing that. I don't oh, that's know. Interesting. Yeah, I think the other thing I wanted to, I thought it was interesting to sort of chat about on this topic was, um, you know, when like when you first go on a, whether it's a mood stabilizer or an antipsychotic or anything to do with treatment for mental health, I'd say the worst thing you can do is look at the big long leaflet that you get with it. <laughs> like, I mean, the, I mean, the, all right, the doctor might have said, you know, or maybe you just feel like, well, I've got this med, so I'm going to read all about it. But honestly, every time I've read it, you know, it's it's hard. Like the, the instinct can be to just then throw it all in the bin, you know, because the, essentially all the, um, the stuff that they cover it's just it's to kind of cover themselves isn't it just to, you know because yeah. I think basically um pharmaceutical manufacturers they're worried about being sued or you know they want to cover every eventuality so with your meds you have this enormous list um of potential side effects and some of them are really some of them are common but then some of them are really weird and specific and long-winded and I, I remember reading like because at one point I was on antidepressants um and I think I think I remember finding that sort of mildly funny because one of the s- supposed side effects of that was that you might basically become suicidal and um yes I just thought well <laughs> what <laughs> like come on um but yeah they are just trying to cover themselves and I think if you're in a bad place it doesn't help to read about all the side effects sometimes because there's so many that there's they list so many to cover themselves but in my experience I've only had a few um I was on an antipsychotic a couple of years ago and I remember reading the leaflet and one of the potential like really rare side effects was seeing or hearing things that are not there and I'm like that's why I'm on it what the hell yeah (laughs) that's not a side effect that's the condition yeah well, what can freak me out if I sort of go into all the small print is I've seen ones like, oh, you know, you might get, I think from, I think on my mood stabilizer, one of them is something like jaundice or like there's some really random oh, specific things or uh, I'm just like, what? It's yeah. And of course, if you've already got the kind of mind where you are kind of, you know, at times just constantly obsessing over things, like you don't need all that crap. You know, like to no. to add to all the worries, no. um, but it's hard, isn't it? Because especially if you haven't been on any meds at all, to like the prospect of then going on some. One of the things I find really quite difficult is that people assume I'm too young to be taking this much medication because I'm only in my thirties and I've been taking them since I was in my twenties. And people, and like, if I have to be at an, if say I've got to be at something at a time that I normally take a medication. I feel like myself sort of sneaking away to the bathroom or something to take them because like I don't want anyone seeing and then questioning and there's definitely some sort of shame there. Maybe shame is the wrong word, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's not it's not, not a good thing because you can have these sorts of things at any age. You don't have to be old. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's, I definitely, I definitely understand what you're saying because when I first went on Depakote that was in my 20s and nobody ever saw me take that in my 20s so I'd take it first thing in the morning sort of when I woke up and then last thing at night 
um and um I suppose maybe at times boyfriends if they'd been you know like if they'd been in my bedroom they might have seen it but um yeah the whole thing about taking it out and about I think it's really only been as I've got a bit older that I care less although having said that I still tend to take it sort of first thing and then last thing so I don't really have that thing of being around people when I'm taking it but um I think like now I'd be happier talking about it and but that's because I'm happier now talking to anybody about my bipolar disorder but when I was in my 20s I wanted to keep it very private and that's the thing like I think although like there's all this conversation around mental health and obviously this podcast is part of that that's fantastic I think maybe you know it's also important to say like if you've been diagnosed and you don't feel that you want to share with lots of people about it just yet that's okay too like you don't you don't have to suddenly become like a mental health warrior you don't have to start posting about your journey on Instagram if you're not ready to like maybe further down the line you will want to do that but actually if if you just want to keep it between you and your doctor and like a family member and a close friend and you know I'd say that the family member and close friend just so they can kind of help to support you not not so that they're in your business but literally just so that if you're struggling at some point you've got someone to go to um you don't have to tell everyone that's the thing like you can you can choose and I think that's kind of what you're saying about like with the pills you know like yeah I suppose with that it depends on whether you're willing to have that conversation but then on the other hand um some people might I think the other thing to realize is that lots of people have have other stuff going on anyway so like you taking a pill they might not notice or they might not even be interested you know they might be taking their own pills for stuff so um yeah yeah it probably was in my head to be honest I was probably panicking over nothing I do that (laughs) yeah but at the same time I do understand it because like for me um I've got my pill pot with my pills all sort of like measured measured out if I brought that to a a table with some strangers one of them might ask oh what's that for and um then that does mean that I go into a conversation about bipolar disorder and I'm happy to do that now but in my 20s I wouldn't have been um yeah, I think I did all this backwards, to be honest. Like, I, I came became really open online. I only actually disclosed to a member of my family a couple of weeks ago. So, and that's after 16 years, which was a really weird conversation, actually, because I was like, oh, so I, I've got schizoaffective disorder. And she was like, well, what's that? And I explained what it was. And she went, oh, bipolar runs in our family. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing, isn't it? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so, that, you know what, though? I relate so much to that because that's been my experience too. Like, um, Because that is the other thing you need to be prepared for. Like when you do start having those conversations publicly about yeah. it, you, you mention your thing. And then, yeah, a lot of the time they will then sort of say about a friend or a family member or someone at their work or, you know, like they'll that all comes out and then you have to be sort of prepared to hear that story as well and sometimes I'm not prepared to hear that story you know like because like for me like someone might have worked with I had this recently someone would start a chat to me about someone they worked with who had bipolar disorder and I was a bit like um I don't know I kind of didn't want to hear it at that time like I mean because I just don't always you know I, I like talking about it sometimes but I just don't always want to hear 
all the stuff yeah. all of the time, you know. Um. Well, it was it was eye opening talking to my gran because when she went, oh, we've got bipolar ones in our family, and I was like, oh, okay. And then she started explaining how her mum had it and her cousin had it, but obviously this was way back many many decades ago mm. so it was really interesting listening to her and like essentially before medications to be honest because some of these medications are really new mm-hmm. and it was back in the times where you just locked people away and just sort of forgot about them and it's like yeah okay that's it's that's within lifetime that's within a lifetime memory so it was interesting listening to her talk about this and comparing it to now, because obviously things aren't perfect, but they were a lot better than they were in like the 40s and the 50s, even the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, if we're honest. So yeah, that was that was fascinating. But I'd, I'd like to heads up at some point, you know. <laughs> it runs in the family. Someone could have told me. <laughs> You're right. It has come a long way. Um, maybe I'm just impatient because... Maybe. <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> because I kind of think, you know, the meds have sort of come this far. But I think lithium has been used to treat bipolar disorder for what feels like quite a long time to me now. I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, I kind of feel like, well, it, I think it's been a little while. So surely they should have researched and developed another drug now, which doesn't have side effects. Because um, although several doctors have referred to lithium as the gold standard treatment from bipolar disorder to me, um, the uh, there are side effects and you know like you have to have regular blood tests and um yeah they have to kind of keep an eye on your physical health for that um yeah lithium was really bad when i went on it i wasn't on it for long but it did like the opposite of what it's meant to do so instead of stabilizing me i ended up doing a rapid cycle which was not it's the only time i've ever rapid rapid cycled it was not fun (laughs) so yeah, lithium did not work well on me at all. It's so different for for different people, though, because um, my mum's yeah. got bipolar disorder and she's been on lithium since she was in her 20s. And that's been a real kind of game changer for her. Like, it's really helped her. Um, you know, she's, I mean, she's, she has had the odd manic episode. And she, when, when she was younger, she did go into hospital at one point, but... Um, generally sort of overall i mean it's really been like for for decades now she's been on a really even keel and it it has really done its job which is a relief so it's yeah i guess it's that thing like managing to find the drug that works for you and the dosage that works for you and um yeah i guess if there are side effects like trying to do things to counteract them um yeah I'm interested in the um the uh, the other those um, those drugs you mentioned at the start. Um, what were they called again? Because I I don't have them. The ones you said like you take to um, avoid panic attacks. Oh, uh, PRN. I cannot remember what it stands for. It's Latin. Um, I used to be on diazepam, but they took me off that because it's potentially addictive. Uh, I'm now on one called propanolol. And propanol's really stupid, really, as a PRN, because it takes half an hour to take effect. So you've got to sort of schedule the anxiety. You've got to know that in half an hour's time, you might have an anxiety attack, mm. <laughs> which is just like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So yeah, it's not, it's not perfect, but I generally just, I just sort of, if I'm going to leave the house, I'll take it before I go out and I don't have, it, it sort of, it stops the physical symptoms of the panic attack. Mm. So you'll still have the psychological symptoms, but because your body is not, feeling like you're about to die 
it helps you sort of get pull yourself out a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, but I know people who have got antipsychotics as a PRN, and they just sort of take it when the symptoms get bad. Yeah. There's probably people who have other things as PRNs as well. I don't know. I've only ever experienced the anxiety ones. Well, I think I was essentially asking for the um, the GP for for a PRN with the whole thing about my depression. Um, although unfortunately, yeah. that's not something that works. It seems with them. Um, people with bipolar disorder because I I was essentially I think because I have these patches of d- depression especially around like winter time it seems to be a kind of seasonal thing so I, I'd love a PRN that was that I could take when it starts to get basically to January um and I start I know I start to get depressed then um but unfortunately I can't take antidepressants on top of the mood stable as that as that I'm on so yeah. the options are increase the one that I'm on and yeah, and potentially gain weight, switch to something else um, or have something as well. But so the other thing that I would have as well but would be would be permanent. And I'm a bit like, well, do I want to go on something else permanently? Because the depression is only like in patches. So, yeah. uh, you know, I have this big it feels like a big dilemma. But it's, um, I guess it is small potatoes, really, because overall, I'm kind of on an even keel at the moment. You know, that's the other sort of weird thing to weigh up, isn't it? Because when the doctors are talking about, you know, like, oh, how bad have things been? I think about the depression I had most recently, and I'm like, well, I wasn't trying to kill myself. So you know, I've had mu- I've had much worse depression. So like, I, sh- I shouldn't. We have a low bar for ourselves, don't we? <laughs> That's fine. I'm not dead, so it's cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I'm, obviously, I'm not going to sort of go into specifics, but I wasn't like, well, I didn't sort of start doing the sort of things that I'd normally do. Like I haven't, I didn't start making any plans. I didn't, I wasn't sort of, yeah, thinking about very specific ways to do things it was more like oh I just really couldn't get out of bed and I got really angry at the dog because I knew I was going to have to actually get up in the morning but all this sort of stuff I couldn't like I was struggling to do the washing up and I really didn't couldn't be bothered to have a shower all this sort of stuff so that is depression but um yeah I wasn't trying to kill myself and I wasn't planning to kill myself so it's but you're right like we have such a low bar now don't we it's like oh I had a um I had a depressive episode recently and I refused to say the words. I was just like, Oh, it's just a little bit of low mood. Yeah. I got into so much trouble. So many people were like, No, just, just stop denying what's really happening. <laughs> you know, you've not showered in a week. This is definitely not just low mood. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's, um fun and games, isn't it? Um Yeah. Yeah. But I mean you're right, like the the kind of the up the upside of what you sort of said earlier is we are a lot in a much better position than like our grandparents, great grandparents were in with them, similar conditions. Yeah. In terms of meds, in terms of society, the way things are treated. Um, Although I still get pretty annoyed in terms of how long you have to wait to see people. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. A lot can change in a few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Let alone a few months. Mm, definitely. And psychiatrists right now are like gold dust. Yeah, I know. They are. It's just... It's just tricky, isn't it? But, I mean, there are lots of um, mental health charities. 
I don't know how you feel about this, but like there's, it almost seems like we've got so many mental health charities in the UK, like a, a huge number, it seems. So um, I think like for me, once I got past the initial, oh no, I don't want to have anything to do with the charity type thing, which is what I had. <laughs> I, I know I really was initially. I was just like, well, I know Bipolar UK exists, but I don't necessarily want to have anything to do with them. And I definitely don't want to talk to any other people with bipolar disorder. I, I had that when I was younger. But um, having yeah. done that, it has been very helpful. Like they have forums and they have groups and they have um, people that really understand, like, put some quite specific stuff as well. Um, so I think the charities can be helpful when you're in that period of, like, you've asked for help, but then you're waiting actually to get the help. Um yeah, whether it's to do with meds or yeah. anything else. Although we need a schizoaffective charity. Yeah, well, there's the um, there's the Hearing Voices Network, isn't there? There is. Have yes, you had any experience is. with them? Um, I did a little bit. I went to a couple of their um, support groups a couple of years ago. I didn't go for long, if I'm honest, but that might be more to do with the particular group I was attending rather than their general ethos. It was all a bit sort of psychiatry is bad, which felt a bit off to me. And all, all sort of like, you must talk to your voices. And I don't like the idea of talking to my voices. Mm. <laughs> so maybe if I tried, it would work. I don't know. But that yeah, I've only been to that one group, so I don't really know that much about them yeah. beyond that. And it's only very recently I've sort of started looking at Bipolar UK because it is similar, to be fair. Mm. But I always feel a bit of imposter syndrome and like I'm invading the bipolar spaces. Oh no! I mean, I think it all, it's very sort of all the mental health charities are, you know, they're there to be supportive. I mean, I don't think anyone will yeah, go. Well, you're, you know, that's not your very specific only diagnosis. So, like, get out. <laughs> get psychosis at the wrong time. Go away. I mean, you know, you've experienced like mania and hypermania, haven't you? And that's what, well, that's what people with bipolar experience. And you've just talked about depression as well. So. My understanding is the only difference is when I have the psychosis, because in bipolar it's only in the mood swings. But mood swings, that makes it sound like it's just a normal everyday thing. You know what I mean? Whereas in schizoaffective, the psychosis is like a third thing that can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. So that's my understanding is that's pretty much the only difference. Mm. Well, I mean, I've had good experiences with the charity. So I think they're a nice one. I think it's a potluck though, isn't it? Like with any of these charities, yeah. 100%. Like... um with some of the bigger charities like um, Mind and, um, well, I guess Mind is sort of like the biggest one. Uh, but even sort of ones like the Samaritans, that's kind of a potluck because sometimes you can speak to someone who is incredible and, and then other times um, maybe you won't sort of feel that sort of connection. And then with the the Mind yeah. groups that they run or I don't know that if they do run them so much now because a lot of stuff has gone more online. But, you know, you might find a group really near you but not get on with the people then there's another one further away that you actually do get on with. So yeah. it's all a bit of trial and error. I went to a few mind things last year and it was it, the facilitator can also make a massive difference. So I had the one facilitator who seemed to almost not understand the concept of psychosis. So it was very much seemed to be aimed at depression and anxiety. Mm. And when I said I, hit, was, I heard voices, he just treated me weirdly for the rest of the thing oh. but then there was another one I went to at the same mind with a different facilitator and he was amazing about it so <clears throat> I suppose what I'm saying is don't 
rule out the possibility of help at the first experience because some people just don't know enough about the topic mm. or experienced in it I suppose mm. I think with maybe with any sort of group not I'm not confining it to mental health stuff but like any kind of new hobby even or like group that you go to like going about going for about a month like so four or five times I think you have to go a few times to kind of see if it's for you and and if maybe you can make a, yeah. you know connections there it can be very easy to rule something out based on one negative experience mm. but you never know what could have happened if you kept on going basically yeah. Same goes for GPs oh, and psychiatrists <laughs> and all that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, some of them are useless, but they're not all useless. <laughs> well, yeah. There we go. Back on topic. <laughs> no, I mean, I've always found that with um, counsellors or, you know, psychiatrists or that sort of yeah. stuff, I've always thought of it a bit like dating, you know, like you just <laughs> you just have to keep at it until you find the right one. The same with, you know, doctors and like you say, with these groups or you just kind of have to keep trying stuff. So I suppose what we're saying is there's no conclusions here. <laughs> Medication can be great if you get the right one. It can be awful if you get the wrong one. We're all our own little chemistry experiment and we never, we don't know what it's going to do until you try. And same goes for everything else in life. Yeah, keep trying though. <laughs> so, I think that's the main thing, keep yeah. trying. And um, have a few people yeah. sort of like family and friends when you are trying new meds that's another thing that I think doctors generally say is like if you're trying any sort of new medication it can be helpful to tell a, a friend or a family member just so that they can sort of because obviously you know how it's affecting you but also they can kind of see how they might think it's affecting you um so that could yeah. be a helpful thing I know myself sometimes I'm not the best judge of how things are affecting me so yeah it's always good to have an outside perspective yeah it is I mean it freaks me out actually sometimes but like my mum she can tell when I'm depressed because my whole voice changes apparently like that the whole tone of it changes which I can well believe but um yeah I, cause, but you're right like because I think that I'm the only one that sort of really knows what's going on but she definitely knows when I've got a really low mood um but yeah, equally, if I've then gone on new meds, she'd be able to sort of see if it's working and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. I suppose the other thing about medication is it can take a while to have the desired effect. Mm. So like, after you've taken it for three days and it's not done anything, that doesn't mean it's useless. <laughs> it could take a long... Sometimes the side effects happen first as well before the desired thing, which is extremely annoying, but yeah, I can't remember where my sentence was going, to be honest. No, but that's such an important thing. You're absolutely right, because sometimes the side effects the, the side effects can come in, um, but then they wear off. And, yeah, yeah. the um, the actual long-term effects, like mood stabilizer or antidepressant, whatever it is, it can take a little while, but then it does really make a difference. I mean, at one point, my mum said, you know, she felt that the pills I was on gave her her daughter back. That's how much of a difference they made. So they can make a huge difference but yeah it's not that wasn't an instant fix it wasn't like I went from being really ill to suddenly being perfect in a day it was like a really long process so oh god I wish it was an instant fix yeah <laughs> yeah don't one injection cured <laughs> and now I'm just a perfect person exactly oh. now we're just normal <laughs> oh no I don't want to be normal that's boring no, I don't think I want to be normal either, but you know, 
lack less of this not being able to predict from one day to the next what my brain's gonna do yeah, <laughs> yeah. i do know what, i do know what you mean yeah. thank you for listening to this episode of reality tourist podcast if you have a topic that you'd like to suggest or request or if you'd like to be a guest <laughs> it rhymes please do get in touch